Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Happy Sunday, everybody. Yeah. Uh, everybody good? Yeah, let me, uh, let me get my little computer here because without it, I have no idea what we're talking about today. Uh, here's what we're going to talk about now that I've got this on. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, talk about healing this morning. We have been doing a series for the past month that's all about being empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work of ministry. Um, and the reason we've been doing that here at the Vineyard is because uh, this is just such a deep part of our story here at the Vineyard. From the very beginning of whatever it is to be this little church, uh, we have been a church that has sought to be a place where the work of ministry is not just done by whoever is on the stage or whoever's the pastor, but it's, it's shared among the whole community. And, and we believe that's actually what the New Testament teaches. And we, we, wanna, we wanna lean into that. And we're just recognizing that in the last year or so, with just all the disruptions that have happened through COVID and a million other things, that we have kind of a brand new church and we need to reinvestigate our roots and reinvestigate like who we are, how did we get here and why are we who we are? And part of what we've realized is that we're just, we're just Holy Spirit people here at the Vineyard. That's who we are, we're Holy Spirit people. And you might be thinking, well, why are you Holy Spirit people? What just happened? <laughs> wow. Anyway, but the reason we're Holy Spirit people here at the Vineyard is because we're Bible people. We're Bible people. We, we've, we've read the New Testament. We've read the Old Testament. And one of the things we see over and over again from the beginning to the end of the Bible is that wherever you find God, you find him resting on people. And when God begins to rest on people, like the natural works of ministry just begin to flow. Uh, we see it in Jesus. We see it in the disciples. We see it in the disciples of the disciples. We see it in church history all the way up to us. And what I want to do this morning is uh, I want to talk about healing just for a little bit. And I want to share a few scriptures with you. But I want to start with Luke chapter 6, uh, 17 and 18. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, it goes something like this. It says, when they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and Jerusalem, as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. And this is what I love. Verse 18, they had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Like, like you want to know what church is? Here's what church is. Luke chapter six, verse 18. Church is the place where we come to hear Jesus and to be healed. We come to hear Jesus and we come to be healed. And, and the reason that people came to be healed is because Jesus is a healer. Uh, everywhere, everywhere that Jesus went, he healed people. Uh, it was one of the reasons that there was usually a crowd around Jesus. One of the main reasons there was a crowd around Jesus is because he healed People in a day with few doctors, in a day with no modern medicine, uh, no emergency appendectomies, no ACL repairs, in a world where physical work 
was demanding. And by the way, all work was physical work and physical work was demanding and it took a toll on your frame. Uh, there was this Jewish mystic who could heal you. And when people found out that there's this guy walking around Jerusalem who could heal you, they went after him because Jesus is a healer. And uh, right here, I just want to echo the book of Hebrews to you this morning, that not only was Jesus a healer, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and, for, and forever. Jesus is still a healer. Uh, this week, I was thinking about the miracles of Jesus and the way that Jesus would heal people. And um, I, was, I was thinking about three miracles in particular. I was thinking about blind Bartimaeus. Y'all remember him? Son of, son of David, what? Don't pass me by. And then I was thinking about the woman with the issue of blood for 12, for 12 years. And then finally she presses through a crowd and she's like, you know, if I could just touch the hem of Jesus's garment, I'd get healed. All I have to do is touch him. And then, and then I was finally thinking about the man by the pool in John chapter five. He's just there for the better part of four decades. And then one day Jesus shows up and says, hey, why don't, why don't you just take your mat and go home? Like stand up. And, and sure enough, he does. And I was thinking about these, these miracles and one of the things that sort of connects them all is that all these people are broken and all of them end up healed. But in each of the cases, uh, the, healing, the healing points to something much deeper that's happening in Jesus's ministry. That Jesus's healing that he gives to people, it's actually happening on not just one level, but on multiple levels. Jesus is the person who sets bodies right, but he's also setting lives right. Imagine the isolation. Imagine the isolation of being blind in a culture where there was no one who could help you. Imagine being blind in a culture where the only way that you could eat is if you worked with your physical body. Imagine, imagine being uh, someone who was bleeding for 12 years and as a result, you're ceremonially unclean and you can't even go into town. You're not supposed to even go hang out with your neighbors. Uh, imagine being lame for four decades in a culture where your, your livelihood is connected to your efforts. You understand that when Jesus heals these people, he's not just setting their bodies right, he's setting their lives right. Uh, each, each of these cases points to the ways in which Jesus' ministry is actually going levels deeper. Jesus sets bodies right, but he's also setting lives right. All this points to the ways in which Jesus' healing was always going after something more. There's a, reason, there's a reason why in the Gospel of John, which by the way is the last gospel written, there's a reason why John calls Jesus' miracles signs. Uh, he calls them signs because they point to something else, right? He's calling them signs because they're, they're, they're hinting at something else. They were, they were not just an in uh, in and of themselves, uh, Jesus' uh, Jesus's healing isn't just about alleviating pain. It's about reconnecting something. Uh, people's limbs to their central nervous system, people's eyes to their brain, but also it's about being reconnected to family and to community. And then it's ultimately about people being reconnected to God. Jesus' healing, Jesus' healing is a sign that God wants to restore everything that's sick, all, all the ways that we get sick, all the way down to the sin that's in our hearts and the alienation that's in our souls. When we, when we start with Jesus, uh, we see that, that he wants to do something that doesn't just 
end with physical bodies being better, but he wants to get all the way down into the bottom of what's going on in our heart. And he wants to get all the way down to what's, what's happening in our soul. And he wants to set all of it right. And here's the good news this morning. Uh, Jesus is a healer. But one of the things we're going to see is that the disciples were also healers. Uh, I want to read a scripture to you out of Luke chapter 9, uh, 1 through 6. It says this, that one day when Jesus called together his 12 disciples, he gave them power and authority to cast out demons and to heal all diseases. And then he sent them out to tell everybody about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And if you read the rest of the scripture, one of the things you find out in Luke chapter 9 and then in Luke chapter 10 is that they actually did it. So the gospels tell us that Jesus is a healer. He heals sick bodies, but he's also working at the levels that are even deeper. He wants to touch sick hearts and sick souls. And we also see that not only is Jesus a healer, but the disciples, the apostles are healers. And then what we find is that what is true with Jesus is true of the apostles. And then we find that what is true with the apostles is true in the church, which is why Andrew read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this morning. I want, to, I want to read just a couple verses out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4. It says, there's various kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Spirit who's the source of them all. There's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. The spiritual gift is given to each of us that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability for wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives to one person the power to perform miracles and another ability to prophesy. He gives to one the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit, still another. The, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another person is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts and he alone decides which gift each person should have. So it's true in Jesus, it's true in the apostles, and what's true in the apostles is in the church. Jesus is a healer, and church is where we come to hear Jesus and to be healed. And here's what I want you to notice about the work of the Spirit this morning from our passage in 1 Corinthians. I want you to notice that in the church, it's, it's by the Spirit that the gifts are given. The second thing I want you to notice is that everybody has a part to play. Uh, John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, used to say, everybody gets to play. This is such a core idea for us in the Vineyard. It, uh, and it comes straight from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's that the Spirit gives gifts to the church. And I hope you noticed that the language was, everybody gets something. Hope you also notice that nobody gets everything, right? Everybody gets something, nobody gets everything. And what does that mean? We need each other, yeah. It's the spirit who's leading us not to greater independence, but the spirit is leading us to greater interdependence. Like it's one of the reasons why actually coming to church matters because someone in the room has what you need this morning. Somebody here. Uh, it, probably in the same row with you. Uh, and here's one of the things I found after doing church for a very long time. Often, often the very thing that we need may reside in a person we wish it didn't. If you come here long enough, you will find this to be true. Everybody has a part to play. 
Everybody gets something, no one gets everything. It's why later Paul calls the church a body. The Spirit is leading us to the place where we need each other. Uh, when the church is gathered, when the church is gathered, uh, we have everything we need. That's one of the things we need to know this morning. Like, I, I don't know what we need this morning. I don't know what you need this morning. Uh, I don't know what you came here hoping for. Uh, maybe, maybe you're doing pretty good, or, or, or maybe you're not. Uh, here's the good news for everybody in the room. Whatever it is that you need is actually available for you uh, right now in the room. When the church of Jesus gets together, all the gifts are available, and whatever it is that we need, it's in the room. Right now, right now, here's what you need to know. Right now, there's wisdom in the room. Some of us in the room need wisdom. Here's the good news. There's wisdom in the room. Uh, right now, there's prophecy in the room. Uh, right now, there's also healing in the room. A church is a place where people can be healed. Um, one of the next things I want to say about this passage, especially as it relates to the gifts of the Spirit, and especially as it relates to healing, because that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning, is that there's not just one kind of healing. There's various kinds of healing. And sometimes when we're at church, we just think, we think of healing as like physical healing. Well, that's one kind of healing. Uh, there are all kinds of different healing. One of the things that Jesus loved to do is he loved to heal sick bodies. And one of the things that we've seen here at the vineyard uh, in the last 26 years is that oftentimes uh, through the very regular prayers of very normal people, God will intervene in someone's physical body and set it right. We could tell stories here for the rest of the morning about that. But it's not the only kind of healing. Uh, there's, also, there's also emotional healing. And uh, I, I would need to bring that up this morning because some of us in the room have traumatic pasts. Some of you grew up with moms and dads who were not okay. Some of you grew up with alcoholic fathers and some of you grew up with enabling mothers. Uh, some of you grew up with no parents at all. Some of you have been abandoned and not metaphorically, but literally. And because of that, um, there, there, is, there is an emotional resonance around your life. And you may even be thinking, why can I not get traction? You know, why, why is nothing going good in my life? And it may be that there are harmonics of pain that are coming from your history. And one of the things that Jesus, the healer, wants to do is he wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to your past and he wants to quiet the trauma. Uh, and part of the healing that Jesus has to give is for your physical body, but it's also, it's also emotions. And he wants to heal trauma. He wants to heal your past. And he, he knows about it and he's actually wonderful with this. And it's one of the ways that we have to learn to trust God. And so some of us here, what you need is physical healing, but some of us here is what you really need is you need to start to be honest about like what your life uh, when you grew up was actually like. Emotional healing. Uh, there's also spiritual healing. And by that, I, I mean something like this. Uh, God wants to give us a story that we, can, that we can live inside that gives order to the universe. So when we talk about like spirituality, like what is spirituality? Here's, here's, one, here's one idea of spirituality. Uh, it's, it's an embodied story that you can live inside of that's good for you. Now, I think, I think Christianity has some spirituality that's actually good for you because there's a unifying story. And it's not just unifying in the sense that it's coherent or has a narrative arc, but it, there's, there's a way for you and I to be embodied in it, right? And some of us have grown up with, with, a, with 
with a spiritual history that is rather than unifying, it's chaotic or it's disordered. And some of the healing that God might want to offer people in this room, either this morning or sometime later this year, whenever the Spirit is ready to work with you, is He might want to do some spiritual healing. He might want to heal the story that gives order to your universe. Um, the other thing I would say about spiritual healing is this. It's living with an awareness of God's presence and his pleasure. Some of us, some of us we know about God here, but we're, we're very unaware of him here. Uh, we don't often feel the presence of God. And for some of us, uh, we, we rarely feel the pleasure of God. And that is something that needs to be healed because every son and every daughter is meant to know and to feel the presence and the pleasure of your heavenly father. And that is a spiritual healing that God wants to, wants to deal with. He wants to deal with feelings of like alienation and existential grief. These are, these are not small things. And here's the other part. They have been radically amplified in the last two years. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but people have hit the wall. Like good people whose lives have otherwise been just fine in the last two years have hit the fricking wall. Let me tell you, in the last six months, I have mostly been hanging out with people who, have, who are feeling utterly crushed by life and they can't even name that anything particularly bad has happened. And this is actually making it worse because they can't point to something has happened to me, but they're coming to me and they're saying, pastor, I feel like I'm dead. Pastor, I feel like I have no energy for anything. I don't want to get up. I have no, no, no zest. I have no vision. And I'm, I'm, it feels like I'm, I'm walking in a malaise of hopelessness. What is it? And I look right at them and I go, it's the last two years, bro. <laughs> like you've hit the wall. You've hit the wall. And, and what is it that Jesus wants to do? He, he wants to pick us up in our very broken places for all the reasons that the last couple of years have been real devastating, like uh, living through a global pandemic, living through extreme political polarization and the gamification and the teamification of everything, feeling like every single thing that you say or believe is going to be attacked by the other side. Like this is having tremendous like psychic and spiritual effects on our bodies and people are hitting the wall and Jesus wants to set us free and he wants to heal us. He wants to heal our bodies. He wants to heal our emotions and our traumatic past. And he wants to heal us uh, spiritually that we might know the presence and the pleasure of our heavenly father. Right? This is, this is who Jesus is. Uh, the, the next thing I want to say about our little passage out of Corinthians is that the works of the spirit and especially healing, it's service, not a show. Service, not a show. Look at verse four and five in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this, there's different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Then look at the words that Paul uses here. He says, there's different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. I love that Paul talks about gifts in one verse, and in the next verse, he talks about service. He's connecting these two things. Spiritual gifts, and especially when it comes to healing, and especially when it comes to ministry done by the whole community of faith uh, at church, it is service, 
not a show. And I have to say that because sometimes, sometimes we get the idea that, that spiritual gifts or, or power of the Holy Spirit, that it's a show. And the, and the reason that we get that idea is because it's often made a show. Sometimes, sometimes it becomes about one person. You know, anybody ever watch Christian TV? <laughs> it becomes about a person, right? Or, or it becomes about somebody's ministry, or it becomes about like, let's, let's have a crusade and let's get a sparkly piano and let's put a spotlight on someone or let's, let's get, you know, let's get preachers with sneakers and let's make sure that all of our pastors wear Gucci belts and let's make sure that we have uh, Louis Vuitton bags. And, and this is actually a sign that I'm favored by God. And I'm, I'm also gonna, I'm gonna heal you. I'll zap you in a minute and, and I'll get you to tell your testimony on a video that I will go Facebook live with. And uh, literally, literally everything is being made a show and, and literally uh, pastors and, and ministers are oftentimes doing all the things that Jesus said not to do. <laughs> Like Jesus would heal somebody and he would look right at him and go, don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Pastors now are like, let's go Facebook live. Yeah. You know? Uh, and what happens is, is that we lose, we, lose the, the, we lose the substance of like God's heart for other people being service and it turns into a show. I, I just want to tell you like the move of God in the church with the people of God, it's, it's service. It's not a show. And it's not about a person, it's about us. What we see here is Paul saying that ministry of the Spirit, it's service. And it's for everyone and not a special someone. Uh, here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about going to a restaurant and your server comes up and, and first thing they do is they get your drink order. And then, and then the next thing they do is they bring some bread for the table. Isn't that right? You know what that is? That's ministry. More than, more than any other thing I know, when your server comes to you and says, hey, what would you guys like to drink? And I'll be right back and bring some bread to the table. That's ministry. That's actually what it is. That's why, that's why, um, that's why here, uh, we want to share ministry here at the Vineyard as much as possible. And, and, it's, and it's also why here at the Vineyard, we're completely okay if things get clunky. Get clunky. Uh, here at the Vineyard, I just want to tell you, we, we want to do things well, uh, but super polished is not our goal. Like we want to do things well here at the Vineyard, especially when we're all together, but super polished, it's not our goal. And we're completely fine if things get clunky. And one of the things that we decided a long time ago in an elders meeting was, was, was something like this. Uh, we, we would rather, we would actually occasionally like to have a world-class train wreck at church. Like we're, we're okay, we're okay if, if the church service gets bombed because people tried something and people tried to serve one another in ministry and it just didn't work very well. We're okay with that, why? Because we wanna make it service and not a show. We wanna make it something for all of us and not a special someone. Okay, the next thing I wanna say about ministry of the Spirit and, and, and healing in particular is this. I wanna talk to you about situational and possessional. Are the gifts of the Spirit situational or are they possessional? 
This might be helpful for some of us in the room. Uh, sometimes when we think about spiritual gifts or when we think about healing, uh, we think of them as possessions. We think of them as like a pair of shoes or a ring of power. You know, I've got my precious. I, I met God and I got my precious. And I, I can put it on and I can take it off. And I, can, I can put it on and I can take it off, you know? And, and, and the thought goes something like this. If you carry it out a little bit, it, it's, it goes like this. Like if you have the gift of healing, like you can take it with you wherever you go. And here's what I want to say about that. There's definitely, definitely a reason to see things that way. I mean, there's no question that when the Spirit moves on us, He often leaves us with a gift. Uh, there are people in this room with real gifts of prophecy. Like, there's a couple people in this room that if, that if I'm needing direction or if I just feel like I don't know what's going on or if I'm having a hard time hearing the Lord, there's a couple people in this room, I will just call them and say, brother, sister, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? And is God, is God, is God speak, would, would God speak to you for me? Is there some encouragement you have for me? There are people in this room with real gifts of, with real gifts of prophecy. Uh, there are people here that, I, it's just amazing. I love it. Uh, there, are, there are men and women in the room right now who have real gifts of wisdom. Like if you just don't know what to do, like you could actually call them. They have actually like a gift of counsel. A spirit of counsel rests on them. Uh, it, it's, it's wild. Uh, there's, there's, I know there's people at this church who have gifts of faith. Like I can just think, everything's gonna die, you know? I can think, everything's gonna die, nothing good is ever gonna happen again, we shouldn't do it, look at the, look at the spreadsheet, you know, I get a spreadsheet out, I'll get my spreadsheets out, and then I can, I know a couple people in this church who they just have faith, they're just like, I don't care about the spreadsheet, I just don't care about the spreadsheet, you know? And it's, by the way, spreadsheets and faith are not opposite, not, they're, not, they're not opposed to one another, but they're just different ways of seeing something that God may be up to, right? Right. Yeah, there are people with real gifts. But here's the other thing I want to say to you about spiritual gifts. They're not just possessional. They're often situational. They might, it might even be that one of the things I've learned in the last 30 years is that they're mostly situational. What do I mean by that? In a given moment, the Spirit may give you or me something that you've never experienced, something that you never expected. You know, just in, in a particular moment, God may do something to you and through you that you didn't expect. Like, like today, uh, we're all here in this room. Uh, by the way, since we're all here in this room, there's all kinds of stuff in this room. There's all kinds of stuff in this room. Uh, there is all kinds of good stuff in this room, and there's all kinds of stuff that needs to be touched. There's everything that's, that's disordered. There's everything that's chaotic, and there's all kinds of order in here as well. Uh, we're, we're like a carousel at the zoo. Here's one way of understanding church. Y'all know that carousel at the Louisville Zoo? You know, the one you, that your kids will ride? Like, it doesn't, you can't avoid it. Like, you just, you're like, let's go to the right, kids. And you know, your kids are going to ride that carousel. But that's church. Uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, some of us are up and some of us are down. That's a carousel, right? Some of, that's, that's what a carousel is. And by the way, that's what a church is. And this morning, this morning, the vineyard is a carousel. And some of us in the room, we're up. Some of us in the room, we're down. And, and because of that, uh, the Spirit oftentimes wants to work to us and through us for other people. And there's a sense in which the spiritual, spiritual gifts and the work of the Spirit, it's not just possessional, but it's situational to this moment. 
I, I love the idea that spiritual gifts and the work of the Spirit can be situational because it presses us to always be listening and to live with open hearts. Like that's one of the great things about a situational understanding of spiritual gifts is that, oh, I should listen. God might want to do something here today. I don't just get in my little rut of what I think it is that I bring. I don't just come to church, put on my ring of power and like do my ring of power thing. Maybe God is doing something different. Like this morning, God might be wanting to move through you or, or maybe tomorrow at school or, or where you work or, or, or on Tuesday when you find out that your coworker is wrecked with a migraine. You know, by the way, that's pretty normal, right? You just go in, it's a Tuesday, you're having your coffee, you start typing and you look over and your coworker, like, you don't look so good. What's the matter with you? I've got a migraine. I've had it for two and a half days, you know? And in that moment, because spiritual gifts can be situational, the voice of the Spirit might be like, you should pray for them. And by the way, that's what, that's what the Holy Spirit sounds like. You should pray for them. You didn't know that, did you? I'm helping. You're like, I thought he was, I thought he was, had a deeper voice. <laughs> because spiritual gifts are often situational, it means that even if I don't feel like I have a ring of power or a long track record in some way with God or in ministry, it means that I'm not at a disadvantage or disqualified. That's what it really means. It's like, you don't have to have a ring of power, you know? You don't even have to have much of a history with God. Uh, you could just be a normal person here in the room this morning. You could just like sit, listen quietly and say, Spirit, are you, are you doing or saying anything this morning to me for someone else? And it's entirely possible that God would whisper something to you. That's, that's really normal. Okay, I want to land here. I want to talk to you about feelings for a minute, and then I want to move into story time. Um, I want to talk about feelings uh, for a moment because this almost always comes up when we're talking about the ministry of the Spirit and, and praying for other people. Uh, oftentimes in ministry moments, we assume uh, that they'll go a certain way or we, as we assume that if it does go a certain way, that it needs to feel a particular way. And in the case of healing, uh, we might assume that we need to feel holy or powerful or near to God in order for something to happen. I, I want to talk to you about feelings just for a second, right? Like sometimes when it comes to uh, partnering with God or, or ministering uh, in spiritual gifts or just like listening to God and, and praying for other people, sometimes we think, well, in order for this to actually happen or for me to do this or for it to work, like I, I need to feel... I need to feel like I'm holy. Like I need to put my holy pants on. I need to, I need to feel like I haven't, missed, I haven't missed my Bible study for two weeks. Like I need to have like done pray as you go for six months straight without missing. And, and I, I need to feel like, by the way, pray as you go is really great. I'm not, I'm not just dumping on them. It's, really, it's super good. But sometimes we feel like, oh, like if it's gonna happen, if God's gonna do something, it, it feels like, there's a zap inside of me that's going to zap you, right? And here's what I've noticed after many years of doing lots of these little kinds of things. Uh, feelings mean almost nothing. Almost nothing. Um, I, I was 
talking with our staff just two days ago at our little staff meeting. We were just talking about moments, moments when people here at the vineyard got radically healed and other moments uh, when people here at the vineyard did not get radically healed. And, and we were talking about how did they feel, right? I'll tell you uh, one quick little story. Uh, there, was, there was a moment, man, there was a moment here. Gosh, this has probably been four or five years ago. Me, me and another guy who has moved away, a uh, college kid, moved away. Me and another guy, we were, we were praying for one of his college friends who had, who had hurt their knee. Uh, it was like just a college athlete kind of a thing. We came up on Sunday afternoon. He said, hey, pastor, would you pray for me? I have a hurt knee. And I'm like, yeah, great. And uh, this other college kid was standing next to me. I'm like, hey, won't you come over here? Pray with me. And we both prayed for this guy's knee. And when we prayed for this guy's knee, uh, when I tell you that I felt nothing, that would be an exaggeration. I felt less than nothing. I felt like as we're praying, his knee is getting worse. I felt like, I felt like my knee is hurting now. I, you know, it was like, it was the worst prayer time ever. I felt like this is dumb. Like I'm having, these are the thoughts in my brain. We're praying, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm praying words like this. Holy Spirit, would you touch this knee. And in the inside, I'm thinking, this is dumb. I got to get out of here. You know, that's what I'm literally thinking. Right. And, and at the end of this, we pray just for a second. We look at this guy and we're like, Hey, how, how do you, how's your knee feel? He's like, I don't know. And he moves a little bit. He goes, you know what? He goes, I feel like my knee, I feel like my knee's buzzing. I'm like, what do you mean by buzzing? He goes, I don't know. feels like there's a bee inside of it. I'm like, well, that's interesting because I feel nothing, right? <laughs> so we pray again. And sure enough, he's like, I, now I feel like my whole leg has a B in it, you know? I'm like, that's a good, I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm going, this is amazing. I feel nothing. This guy's leg feels like it has a B in it, right? <laughs> we we, we kind of wrap up the prayer because I, I don't know what to do with a B in a guy's leg. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know what to do. Uh, amen. Amen. Kid comes back the next week. No, he had had knee pain for a long time and he had been out, right? He hadn't been, he hadn't been doing uh, any of his training. Came back the next week. His, his, his knee was completely fine. Had went back to training, went back to running. And for that rest of that semester, didn't hurt at all. And it was in a moment where I didn't feel anything. And the kid who's praying with me didn't feel anything. In fact, I felt less than something. Now I'll tell you another story. This was many, many years ago. Uh, my good friend Joe Hurchin and I, we went and prayed for a man who was nearly dead. We got invited in, maybe, I mean, we're talking right before this gentleman was, uh, was going to die. And when we went in, like when I saw this man lying in his bed, I thought, no, I had a little faith before I came. And now I looked at his body and I have no faith. Like, dang it. You know, anyway. Joe and I start to pray, and, and if I am here in the room, uh, honest to goodness, while we are praying, the wind of the Holy Spirit began to blow in the room. And when I say wind, I do not mean metaphoric wind. I'm talking actual wind. There was wind on my face, there was wind on Joseph, and there's wind on this man's body. Then we get very encouraged, right? Like, now I'm feeling something, right? I'm like, 
I'm not just feeling something in my heart. There's something in the room and it's not coming from a window or a vent. There was, it was like we were standing in wind. It was unbelievable. Then an aroma of roses hits in the room with us. I don't know how to describe this other than there was this perfume and there is wind on my body. And when Joe and I left that room, Joe looks at me and goes, this man is healed, right? And I look at him and I go, yes, one day later he is dead. What is the moral of this story? Feelings mean nothing. And you might be thinking, well, what about the guy you prayed for and he died or whatever, right? What, do you, what was that? Here's what I think that was. I think that was the kindness of God. I think that was the presence and the pleasure of God coming in to a man who was, who was on his way into the arms of his heavenly father. And I think Joe and I didn't know what was going on. That's what I think. And, and by not knowing what's going on is mostly me. I didn't know, but I felt some stuff, but it, did, it didn't lead to what I thought. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why do we have to talk like this? Because, because we have to demystify things and and, and so often we just, we get hung up and we stop short of maybe walking into the invitations that God has for us because we think it should feel a certain way. Uh, here, here's the only thing that counts in the kingdom of heaven, uh, faithfulness over everything. You just like, it, like you just try to obey God, faithfulness over everything. God is not requiring anybody to be successful. God is not requiring you to feel a certain way. God is only saying, would you obey me? Uh, Faithfulness over feelings, faithfulness over everything. It's all that matters. That is the only measure of true success. Everybody good? Hey, is it cool? Is it cool if we do one more story time? Kate, you want to come up here? <laughs> Isn't it great when you have story time, but you, you have to get somebody from the sound booth to come tell a story? Yeah, come on up. This is kind of fun. Everybody say hey to Kate. What up? Oh, All right. Hey, everybody. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Good job. All right. Hey, um, the, reason, the reason Kate is up here is because you kind of have a, like a little story this week, right? I do. Okay. So uh, what happened this week? Tell, tell us a little bit about okay. the week. So basically, every year I go and get an MRI for a couple tumors that I have that sit kind of right on top of my liver, and then some are like right around it. I don't know, I don't know how to read the scans, so they're just there. And um, this past year, in 2021, I went, and this doctor comes into the room and tells me that the tumors are fine, they're um, keeping an eye on one because it's precancerous, but I have 70% fat in my liver. So like on the verge of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and could potentially be a candidate like for a liver transplant. I don't know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're even saying to me. I am healthy and I exercise and I, you know. So I leave there with no help at all. They're just like, change your lifestyle. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> but thanks for nothing. That's right. <laughs> But anyway, um, so, I mean, I do some things within the past year. Like I started CrossFit and then I, um, <laughs> and then I'm working, you know, I'm eating better, but I'm also not going to let that like dictate my life because that stresses me out. 
And um, so I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't. Amen from Ray. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. I wasn't doing, like I was doing some things, but not everything that I could be doing. And um, so I go back uh, last Wednesday to get my yearly MRI and I'm already like, dang it. Well, the night before that was ladies night um, and it was super fun. And so at the end we had ministry time and they're asking like, if anyone needs prayer and I am like, I'll just like kind of raise my hand so that maybe nobody will see me but at least I raised my hand so yeah. Well, we're sitting at circular tables, and so the people at my table saw me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, okay. So the people at my table, love you guys, (laughs) um, start praying for me. And like Adam was saying, I don't feel anything. I was just like, I felt like I needed to get prayer, so I'm going to do that. Um, And that was great. So I go the next day to get my MRI, and... um, they come back in and they're like, the, the tumors are still there. We're still watching that one. Um, but yeah, other than that, everything's great. And I'm like, wait a second. Like last year you told me that my liver had 70% fat and I need to, I need you to check on that, please. <laughs> Cause I've been wrecking myself for a year, you know? And, um, so they call down to radiology and are like, Hey, we remember that this, you know, person had this and so this doctor comes back in gives me a hug okay and keep in mind I had had friends praying for like um that this doctor would just be very kind because when you're talking I just I'm very sensitive and I'm like I need you to be really nice to me and um so this doctor comes in and gives me a hug and is like Kate we don't see any fatty liver like None. Yeah. That's great. We don't see any. And so I was just like, this is a joke. Like, seriously. And Mm. so it's still like really hard for me to believe. And I almost didn't tell staff on Friday because I was like, is this, is this really that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it is really that. So, and I think what I've been um, thinking about this past week um, is like, I was very much like, wow, like you can do that for even me. So, I don't know. No, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. I said I wasn't going to cry. Good job. Yeah. You're doing great. Thanks. I lo- I, listen, y'all, I love that story. I, I love this story for so many reasons. A, because it affects your actual life and right. body. Yeah. Right? But, but I also love that it's just... It's just normal. It's just your normal friends who are praying for you. And it's not contingent upon feelings or a ring of power. It's just simple obedience to God to believe that Jesus is still a healer. That's it. Right? Like, who are we at the vineyard? That's it. Like, that story is everything that we are here at the vineyard. And and we want to do just a touch of that before we leave this morning. Is that okay? Hey, so if, uh, if you're on the band, come on up. Uh, and if I could have my little ministry partners come and help me, Andrew... And Hannah and Kate is already up here. Would y'all come on up? Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.